Well, welcome, friend, friends. Hey there, how are you? I'm Adrienne Gunn. This is now the Enlightened Couch Potato Show. And we are here mostly. Yeah, I'm only halfway here. This is my friend. I'm going to say your name for you. Just like you can take some breaths. This is Nicholas Rave here with us. Good. And can I... I'm, spoiler alert, Nicholas is on day nine of a longer than nine days fast. How many days? 12 days. 12 days. That's the most I've ever done. I've done 10 on multiple occasions. Uh-huh. I've done seven a few times. I did five when I was 15. Dang. That was the first fast, I, first extended fast I ever did. And then I usually do one day a week. Um, and then I do three days on a almost monthly basis. Although I haven't been doing that for a little while, which is why when I came back to it, I was like, let's go hardcore balls to the wall. And let's do 12 freaking days. Cause I really <laughs> wanted to stretch myself. This is like, you no, know, I was talking to my other podcast partner, Morgan about this and, and he was very complimentary and saying, like, man, I really respect that. Like, I'm very impressed. That's amazing. And he's like, it's not my fucking bag, but good for you. <laughs> um, and uh, I was saying, like, this is my self-discipline practice. Like, this, yes, I know there are physical benefits to it, but that's not really the reason I do it. I do it for emotional psychological and um, spiritual benefits, whatever you want to call that, there is something about challenging yourself and doing hard things just because they're hard that I think keeps you young, youthful. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't run marathons. Right. Um, I like exercise, but there's just some things that I am drawn to and there's something about fasting that is like it's a challenge and well, you get to be Gandhi for a minute yeah yeah well that's a good point fasting is a tradition in so many different <laughs> traditions i don't know <laughs> if my i don't know if my words are going to be the best words yes. i have the best words uh, <laughs> We have experienced me having challenges with words. There have been yeah. days where I was like, oh, I for- forgot to take my words pills today. Yeah. Oops. Yep. Uh, I had a burger uh, before <laughs> our episode, Burger for Lunch. Not to was it amazing? In, Will you tell me everything? <laughs> <laughs> I have discovered this really great keto, like zero zero net carb keto bun from smart baking company Ooh, is that a local place because i just no. found one okay tell me tell me more because i so I, was I look is it good oh my fucking god it is really? so good well the nice thing because i've had you know i've done the gluten-free thing for a while and uh well keto is a fun catchphrase for stuff that's in the anti-inflammatory diet and i tend to like hang out in that world yeah because allergies and things so yeah, I saw them on saw them on Amazon first. I ordered it from Amazon and it's a product that's supposed to be frozen when you get it. So Amazon just shipped it super normal in a box full of fucking peanut butter and 
I just bought one six pack originally and three of them were moldy. And I'm like, what the F is wrong with you? So I ordered, don't buy it from Amazon. I ordered directly from the company this last time and a bunch of them because I got the sesame one. They hold up a lot of keto buns and gluten-free buns. Some gluten-free buns are just so tough. So wait, 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 keto and gluten-free. Both keto and gluten-free. I was literally, one of the things that I do to torture myself while I'm fasting <laughs> is I look at a lot of food porn, as yeah. they call it. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm like fantasizing about what I'm going to eat when I start eating, which I'm like, listen, folks, I'm not advocating this. I forgot to say this in my last podcast. Yeah. Don't try this at home, kids. Yeah. Like, Without medical supervision, actually, from what I understand, anything above like seven or nine days is when you start getting into questionable territory. But anything under right. than that, anybody should be able to fast that way unless you have underlying conditions. But I am pumped about this. And I was literally just looking up a website like two nights ago. Okay, that looks incredible. That was my first. Per- I'm trying to like not. Be- I can see it. I can see it. There's glare. I know what you're trying to avoid. Oh. Yeah, no. So, but the the question is, because they a lot of them look good, but they taste like freaking sponges. So it's amazing. It has a kind of buttery quality. I've been toasting it from frozen, oh. so it comes out of my freezer, and then I just toast it. That's the best like, way to do that frozen keto bread stuff. Yeah, is you and toast it, and then you're like, you can't even tell a lot of times. I usually have like double. They have cheese. hot dog buns too. I don't know. They might. I ordered their a chocolate cake from them it's pretty good it doesn't have like stuff on it but i usually put double cheese uh like garlic aioli pesto brown mustard yep i usually have a fried egg and some bacon check 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 do like a third there's a part of me that hates you a little bit right now (laughs) third pound patty medium a little bit bloody, greasy, juicy, right? God damn. So, I'm so happy that you're talking about this right now. <laughs> Normally, that kind of setup would be super greasy and the in a gluten-free or keto, it would sort of break down. Yeah, and gooey. then you're eating it with a fork or whatever. No, this has enough... Uh, I'm going to say density that it like absorbs it, but still I can hold on and I still get like grease in the right amount on my fingertips licking. I also have done peanut butter underneath the cheese on a couple of these burgers that are on my Instagram and it didn't get goopy or what. I mean, it's held up. I also tend to eat my burgers upside down. Now now it sounds like you're getting into like Elvis territory there. Peanut butter on your burger. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, garlic aioli, peanut butter, spicy brown mustard. And uh, a burger patty. Yeah, with cheddar this time. Cheddar. Uh, Munster is Okay, okay. I'm not going to judge you. I haven't tried it. So there's been many times in my life when I've gone, what? And then people are like, try it. And then I'm like, oh, you're totally right. So, okay. All right. A lot of people will do it. I am not good at flavor combinations in my head. Like people are like, Put these together. I have. I can't like imagine what the what it will taste like very well. So yeah. Well, people do the Thai peanut butter sauce on their burgers frequently enough. Okay. Yeah. 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 That now that you're saying that, it makes there's a little bit of a huh. But so the but the the freaking bun holds up, 
And I also, I, I like to flip it over so that like the juices will run down into the top bun, which has a more absorbed, but it's like the bun is still pretty dry. Not like dry, dry, but it's like. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Like it's not getting all squashy and like, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that when I toast it does not happen is I don't slice the top of my, the roof of my mouth ever. Mm. Because sometimes if you get a toasty burger, mm-hmm. it will sometimes like puncture the top of like I just, you know, who's going to be really happy about this. I'm happy about this, but I think Liz is going to like flip her lid about this because we just do burgers. We, we do burgers weekly, at least I would say. Um, and we just generally do them with like lettuce wraps or something like that, which is fine, but it's definitely not like when, when Liz goes out for a treat, she goes to a place called the Burger Lounge, which is, like, right nearby. And they are, like, <laughs> gourmet fucking burgers. Like, you like burgers, you come visit, I'll take you there. Nice. It's, it's some good shit. Um, and that's the place she always goes. So for her to be able to make that gluten-free and keto, she's going to be very happy with you. Here's the ridiculous punchline. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're ready, oftentimes when you get a gluten free bun, it's like 200 to 300 calories. Mm-hmm. 72. What are the ingredients <laughs> on this thing? Smart bakery, indeed. <laughs> I was just like, I, I went, I'm like, oh, it's so delicious. And I went, okay. And I was, I've been food tracking. So I'm like, fine, I'll go look. I'm assuming it's like 250, 200, whatever. Yeah. I'm looking for 72 for the whole, not just half of it, the whole, what the fuck? Wow. Okay. I'm checking out their website. I want to see. Yeah. Because like uh, hot dogs are another thing that I do because there's some really good like keto, um, like, like we, we tend to aim for higher quality ingredients, farm, farm, uh, free range, whatever, um, like cruelty free stuff. But we have some really good hot dogs, and I will often just eat those. Just I'll just make a couple, eat it on the plate. Um, and we've got some good keto ketchup and stuff like that that I'll just eat with it. But man, like an actual fucking hot dog. You know how long it's been since I've had one of those? Yeah, I should go look. I can go look. So, and this is important and related to movies because this is what we're. This is what I've been eating when I sit down to watch TV at night. Yeah. I have my burger. And then I watch stuff and yep. what you're putting in yourself, whether it's through viewing or eating, super important. Plus, I nice that's how I take away. Like, nice. <laughs> like my hat goes off to you, my friend. Nice segue that what you're putting into yourself moment. Very Thank good. You. Thank you. Yeah. You're going to carry this show, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what's like. Here's the thing. We just turned this on. We were we were talking to just sort of get warmed up before. And we've been saying for weeks, we should just turn the Josh Darn live stream. Yeah, we off. always talk for 15 or 20 minutes first. And we always end up in a conversation where we're like, you know, this is the show. Like, why are we not broadcasting this? Yeah. And it's pretty funny because like months ahead of, we literally did six to eight conversations before even starting this podcast that were the podcast and that was just this year 
years ago, we mm-hmm. were going to do a whole other podcast where, I don't know, we had like six or seven conversations mm-hmm. about the podcast we wanted to do. And they were the podcast. I think that the thing that just clicked for me at some point, and uh, this is going to sound so fucking up my own ass as I say this, I can't even believe I'm saying it. <laughs> it was this realization that I had that like the podcast that I love are not as much about what the people are talking about. It's about who the people are. Mm-hmm. They're people I like hanging out with. They're people who have a, a chemistry that is interesting and enjoyable. And I'm like, I want to spend time with these people. And I don't really care what they're talking about. I hope that it's relevant and interesting. Yeah. And that I know there are other podcasts where it's like, no, this is informational. And that's why I'm listening to it. But those aren't the ones that for me personally, I go back to over and over. The ones that I listen to over and over again are the ones where I like the people. And that when that clicked for me, I was like, all right, I think that Adrienne and I have something special. Like we have a a certain vibe and connection and ease of, of hanging out and talking to each other. I had a really profound meditation like a full day meditation the other day and you featured prominently in it. And I never really got around to telling you this, but it was the main theme of it was just how grateful I am to have someone that I can connect with the way that I do with you, where I was like, I just love talking to you. Like I, I, the podcast is an excuse to do something I would want to do anyway (laughs) and like so let's broadcast it who gives a shit (laughs) he says as as momentarily his face freezes totally Mm. i love it and well i dig that that well i i I felt like today as i was shifting the order of when the burger happened in my day because later i'm busy all the stuff that i'm up to is not all that related to our topic. And I was like, meh, that doesn't matter. We'll just show up and we'll talk about the things and maybe we'll find a way to tie it in. Maybe. We technically, both of us have the skills to take care of an audience. Should that become necessary? I watched a couple movies. What? <laughs> I, uh, I can't. Some shows. I was super annoyed at, um, I kept finding a show and I would drop in. I'm like, cool. And I'm like nestled in the show and I'm like, cool. And it's, they were good enough that I watched the next episode. So like two or three episodes, but then they only had eight available and then it was over. And then I had to find a new thing. That's pretty frustrating. I think I need to jump into something that I know is seasons. Ugh. Why don't you just make, 24 episode seasons like they used to. <laughs> uh, I do remember that. I, I do remember like Star Trek was like that. Yeah. Star Trek Next Generation. And you, what the problem with that is you end up with filler episodes. Yeah. You, you end up with stuff that's like, mm, skip this one. Right. When you go back to it again. But now there's not as much of that. Um, because people are able to tell the story in the format that suits the story. You know, mm-hmm. you, that's one of the coolest things. I remember this with, I think it was the OA um, where the episodes weren't even the same length 
Like nope. some of them were like an hour and 10 minutes. Some of them were like 40 minutes and they were just like, whatever, we're just going to do it the way that the story demands. And I kind of freaking love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, still been watching Simpsons. That's mm-hmm. fun. Speaking of things that have ridiculous number of episodes per season. Um, we watched, uh, well, I, we, we watched one movie with the kids that I'd already seen before, but, and then, um, Faye went and watched another movie the next night that's thematically similar. So I was going to talk about them as kind of one thing. Ooh. So we watched a movie, is, both of them are animated, uh, kids movies. One of them is called Sing. Okay. There's a pig on that. There is a pig. But that's not one of the main characters necessarily. I'm seeing the title and there's like a marquee. Yeah. Thing. I think the pig is Reese Witherspoon in that one. Cast list up the wazoo. Um, it's definitely one of those movies where um, the sense that you get is this could have been just a shameless cash grab. You know how there's movies where they sort of learned that if you license a song that people like mm-hmm. that people will be like, Oh, look, at, yeah, I like it. And like, it doesn't have to have any actual content to it. Like the minions movie or some crap like that. Yeah. Um, this absolutely could have been that because it really like, it, there's probably, I don't know, 18 musical numbers in it. <laughs> Um, and, and when I say musical numbers, I mean, like, sometimes it's just a transition from one scene to another, but they'll yeah. be playing a song that you know. And, like, they have to pay money for all that stuff. So yeah. that's where the... Images, right? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't actually see that, but I, oh, okay. I think um, cover music, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So this is that. It, it was a talent show. It's basically the plot line. But it is so good like it just really pulls at the heartstrings in all the right ways it's very broad in its strokes of course but um it's not super nuanced or anything but it is just a follow your bliss and and one thing i will say about it without spoiling anything this movie has such a good um you know the point in the story when they have to hit the dark, the darkest yep. part? The part in the story when you feel like, how could they ever possibly come back from this? Mm-hmm. This movie honestly has one of the best moments like that where you are just like, God damn, this, like, everything is taken away. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's, it's almost Empire Strikes Back moment where you're just like this is the end of the movie anyway it wasn't the end of that story but that's because it's all told in one it was really fun it's really fun and the music at the end like the 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 climax no spoilers it just it's um it's up uplifting af um and really positive really fun and really like Simple and um, poignant. Just what you follow your bliss. Like do follow your dreams. Make it happen. Um, don't let the setbacks get to you. Mm. 
Is um is the other movie that's similar? Is it a talent show too? No. Okay, I'm gonna so break. The, oh gonna yeah, break I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty rad because I have not been able to easily focus on TV and such in the last couple of weeks because I <laughs> took on the challenge. A friend of mine was asking me what I was going to do for my birthday, and I. Uh, I don't necessarily. Oh, that's right. You called me out on this. <laughs> and I, we, let's have this conversation live. <laughs> yes, perfect. So I, I'm i not that into my birthday. I, I, you know, I, I'm a summer birthday. My birthday is this Saturday, the 25th of July. And so one thing, I didn't have kid friends until I was Does that make eight. you a Leo? That makes you a Leo. Yes. You and me both. Yeah. Well, no wonder your hair is fabulous. Oh, no. So... <laughs> So I just didn't grow up with parties with tiny kids and I didn't make a big deal of my birthday. I kind of got sad because all of my friends were just gone in, in Pacific Northwest in the summer when it's not a pandemic. People just tend to disappear all summer on their fancy vacations or camping or the whatever. Uh, so then when I became an adult person and could be the boss of my own parties, I just didn't want to be the center of attention as unless I was earning it. And all of my 20s uh, and early 30s were mostly like, hey, please come to my show. And so occasionally I would actually literally like put on a show. So I did a this. birthday show. Yeah. Yeah. My 25th birthday, I was hosting karaoke regularly at this place called the Etcetera Tavern. And my karaoke, I have two karaoke personalities. One is Shotgun and the other is Delilah. So the person that was hosting that show is Delilah. So it was like, Delilah's karaoke birthday. Uh, and that was great. I had a job Good to do. Good God, do I ever want to do karaoke with you someday. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yes. So my friend this summer, she's like, what are you going to do for your birthday? And I, we were, we've been doing distanced, like eight feet apart, watching Netflix party on our laptops with like one headphone in and then like, ha ha ha, we could hear each other. She was like, I think you should do a talent show for your birthday. And I was like, yeah what <laughs> she's like yeah just that you have so many friends who are talented do it do a talent show or something and i don't know if she meant like a distance thing in my backyard or what but then this idea flooded in my head where i was like oh maybe i could do a live stream of some of like some of my friends could be on a live stream the ones that like could do a live stream they have the tech for that or even, oh, I could just turn my whole Facebook wall into, I have literally, I may, I have about 3,000 Facebook friends and probably 1,500 of them are artists, singers, musicians, actors, dancers, like theater people, the whole like photographers, tons of people. So it's like, they could just flood instead of just like, happy birthday on my Facebook page, they just put stuff there. That's them doing things. Because right now, the people who are hit the hardest, some of the people who are hit the hardest right now in the pandemic, and the ones that are going to recover probably, if at all, last, yes. are musicians, entertainers, live performers, speakers. And I have tons of those friends. And I was like, I just want to showcase those people. And then when I really got down to thinking about, wait, so... I don't really want to host a live stream for all day or all weekend. That would be awful. I could do, 
maybe 90 minutes to two hours. And then when I had a friend who's like helping me stage manage, I was like, I could probably just actually pick those people. And then it would be, you know, the collection. So I decided, it's like, what if I, if I were the boss of inviting people to any show, what if there were like dream people that, that if I could wave a magic wand, who would I want in my birthday show? And I was like, this well, makes me think of that. What's that? Uh, what's that book? The, the, she did a Ted talk about asking. Oh, that's uh, Amanda Palmer. Yeah. 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 So I had that. definitely Amanda Palmer in my head as I was typing out. Yes. The, the, the ask for some people who were kind of a big deal. Yeah. And they said, yes to my show so well you you and i had this conversation i can't remember if it was last week or whatever but you were like i don't know if i want to reach out to this person and i had to kind of smack you a little bit and be like "Eh, eh, 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 eh." nope how would you (laughs) feel if they were reaching out to you etc yeah um and uh good i'm glad you did I was right about that person so far, unless they chicken in at the last minute or something, because because that person. Uh, no, they, but I mean, you yeah. reaching out, you reached out. I did. I did. That's yes. what I'm saying is whether they say yes or not is not the point. Totally. The point is you were nervous about reaching out. Who cares if they say yes or no? Yeah. Like, that process, though, of and that was the person that we're not naming right now. Who, who has not said yes to this opportunity uh, was like three days after I asked all these other people who totally said yes. So one of my favorite songwriters since I was 17 is Jonathan Brooke, which sounds like I'm saying Jonathan. And it's actually quite hilarious. She just released an album, the Sweetwater Sessions, I think a week ago, two weeks ago. And she was trying to ask Alexa to play her new album. And it kept playing Jonathan Brooke, which I think means... Wait, wait, what is the name? Her name is Jonathan Brooke. Jonathan Brooke. Yeah, I think Ugh. the two of them should do a duet. And then to yeah. ruin uh, any voice to text. That is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm, not, I'm not knocking the name. It's a cool name. I'm just yeah. saying, like, like, you don't want to be named Tom Cruise either. <laughs> Yeah, well, Jonathan Brooks' music's pretty good, but I didn't write to him. Uh, yeah. And I wrote to Jameson Bird. I wrote to all these people. So I've been like, but then, so I've got, I've got friends who are going to be in the show. One of, one of the last minute asks was this woman, Sheree Larson. Now, I think that I've talked about in this show performance or even you and I have had conversations about how I stayed in that sort of osmosis sponge learning around entertainment and performance. So I had to like reverse engineer how I learned some strategies. We've talked a lot about this, whether it's on the show or not, I'm not sure, but we've talked about a lot about this because this is kind of a, an obsession of both of ours coming from a performance background and then also learning all this stuff about psychology and hypnosis and NLP so yeah. then it sort of inspired in both of us this this urge to like dissect the magic <laughs> which is a dangerous thing to do yeah. in many ways but it's also like what's the difference between good great and um holy shit right, right. what what's yeah. the difference 
because it's not can you hit the notes it's not the song that you're doing there is something that seems completely immeasurable and intangible but i think you and i agree it's not it's a thing you can learn it's a thing you can model it's a thing you can teach totally and so one of the first opportunities that i got to see someone get up on a stage now i'd actually at this point in my life i think it was 19 when this happened I'd actually had this experience as a performer a couple times where I get up on stage, I start to sing, and the room that had been loud and not paying attention is suddenly fixated on me, Mm. and I have them Mm. with every breath they're breathing with me and had Mm -hmm. moments like that. But I didn't, I'm like, that's kind of cool. I was curious about it. I didn't know how it worked. And then I saw this woman perform, and I got the pleasure of getting to see her regularly because we had, this was Las Vegas, uh, Sheree Larson was the lead singer and co-writer of this band called Inside Scarlet. And she would also show up to what was just, it was like a two-year run of these local open mic. But it was not like you're just, you know, run-of-the-mill open mic. Like every single professional musician in Vegas would go to this open mic that would last from like 10 to 4 and sometimes 6 in the morning And they would do their original stuff or they would like suddenly sing duets with each other and do weird covers. That's such a cool thing to discover. Yeah. Like this little unknown like testing ground. You know, I understand in in L.A. the comedy store is like that for a lot of comedians that like the best comedians will go there. People who can fill stadiums will go there and they perform to rooms that are very small, but they do it because... This is a real audience where you can go, you can test things, you can workshop stuff, yeah. you can get authentic feedback. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. So, like, I'd see her do her live band shows and just leave it all on the stage and have everybody, like, on every word. I would see that. But here's this open mic night. It's a bar. There's video poker everywhere. And it's pretty big. Like, there's a place where, like, obviously these people in the bar are paying attention. And then there's, like video poker and pool and just like eating. So week, every Sunday, and I think I got to experience this for six months straight and then I'd come back in town. Every Sunday, Sheree would get up after, you know, three or four performers who people weren't with all that. There's like riff raff and talking. She would get up and she would fucking inhale for the first note of the song. And then suddenly you would just, hear all the like chatter, 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 just come down to a hush. And everybody was focused on her for her 10 minutes. And then she would end her last note and you could just feel it like the whole, no one could breathe and their hearts would stop for a second. Then she would just leave and everybody's just like recovering their breath and then returning to chatter. And I was like, how the fuck does that work and happen? And so I just kept paying attention and learning what the heck that was. Yeah. And then when I would perform, I would try stuff and found, and found out how that works. She said yes. So I have, and she has not, she has not performed a lot recently. So like, it was a, it was a stretch for her to like jump in and do a video. And I'm like, fuck yes, that's amazing. But then it occurred to me, holy fuck, I talk a lot about performance. 
should I be in my show? Uh, I haven't played an entire song in my guitar, like from beginning to end in a long while. I haven't performed in six years. But I just, I guess I decided that I would like leave a chicken in spot for myself. And it took me a week to finally change the strings on my guitar. <laughs> uh, and then yesterday I attempted shooting some stuff and framing it up in my kitchen. And I was like, oh, wait, I never played just acoustically. This sounds awful. So then I went into my basement and I think I figured out a couple months ago that a bunch of my songs, like the strumming patterns and the chords and things, uh, they live in my harness boots. Because I used to live and I wore like motorcycle harness boots everywhere. So, so when I was trying to play my guitar in my tennis shoes, I'm like, I, this feels awful. What's going on? Put on my harness boots. And then a lot of the notes returned and a lot of the rhythms returned. So I, I put on harness boots. I go down into my basement. I throw the camera on. I plug in gear that I have not pulled out of the box since I played September, whatever six years ago would have been. I left it in, I left the whole, and I took them out. They, they work. I found things, I plugged them in. And for the first time in front of a camera, I, I painfully made it through two songs. I have, I have two okay-ish songs recorded. They, they sound pretty good. And I sang up to the edge of almost losing my voice. And when I... <laughs> My hands and shoulders were sore as fuck. It was sweaty and achy, like the strings were sticking to my hands. That's not what you want. And when I put my guitar down, I literally was limping, like slow limping from my basement, like hobbled. Uh, yeah. And... I did not get to the stage of performing where I met the, I don't think I met the demands of the current need where like your performer is singing to you in the camera. Yeah. I just, I had no access to that. I was like, yeah. okay, here's all the notes. I'm playing them. That's not the rhythm, but it's a rhythm. It kind of works. I remembered all the words in the order. Like it was like an hour and 20 minutes to get through to songs that I hadn't actually played entirely through until last night and I'm likely going to show that to people <laughs> holy shit <laughs> yeah I uh, you called me out uh, in your uh, in your That's post it. you were like hey like here's a list of people I would love to see showcase their talent and I will put it to you this way like I was I was inspired by it and I was excited about it. And I even started working on something and I am dying. <laughs> like I, I was, I was dealing with the psychology of like, I know Adrienne's friends. <laughs> like who the fuck am I to be on this stage? Like you talked about that moment when you like, something comes over you and the audience can't breathe, right? Mm -hmm. I had this choir concert um, where I had a solo. I sang Maria from uh, West Side Story. Nice. 
such a cool song. Name another song that features a tritone as its primary, like, like Maria, like that little dude is so cool. Like it's yeah. it's like a writing challenge that he just threw out to himself to be like, can I write a song that hits that? I love that song. A little old lady came up to me afterwards. I got a lot of compliments and whatever. Little old lady didn't know her grandma, somebody, whatever, came up to me afterwards and said, "Every girl in the audience wished their name was Maria when you sang that song." <laughs> and I was like, "Best compliment ever." Yeah. So I don't think from a singing perspective that I ever got to the point where I felt like I could do that like on demand. Mm-hmm. It happened sometimes, it didn't happen other times. Um and I'm so out of shape. Like but that's one of the things that I found when I started working on stuff is I'm like Eesh. like I my range and my like a lot of it is uh is not where my critical brain wants it to be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the issue right now is just, this is like, I can't, I can't. it's <laughs> like, I've got the flu, but I did it to myself. So I, I really wish I could. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to, and I just can't fucking swing it right now. Um, yeah. I'll give you a belated one if you want. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Okay. You know, and it's not, so here's the thing. People kept asking as I was reaching out, he's like, are there, are there, is there a theme? Is there something you want to go with? And I was like, you know, really right now, I've been thinking a lot about that whole falling on your face and getting back up. Yeah. Resiliency and this crazy thing we're doing of being people peopling and doing a life. That's just nuts. Like, I don't necessarily want, I think, I think partly this show will be about me because it's my birthday show. And I reached out to people that I've met and come across who are amazing in my life and influenced me. So of course it's going to be about me, but I didn't want the theme to be about me. And many of the people behind the scenes were all sort of, there's a lot going on right now to drop into your artistry. There's ways that that's challenging. And I wanted to give my friends permission so like, I'm just like, you don't have to be okay. I fucking love sad songs. I, they're my favorite. I just bring whatever feels good to you to sing, whatever feels urgent right now, whatever. Yeah. So I was not the only one limping in my basement trying to reconnect with this. Like, I think it's a stretch for for at least four of the people that I'm showcasing in the live show, including myself, um, something we're great at. It's something we have that's shareable and wonderful, but it like um, each person is doing something new and different for this show. And one of the things I'm really excited about was one of, I'm trying to find out how to like, yeah, two of my friends are having supremely rough time and they were able to do something. And mm. even just showing up to do it like was was their own version of a triumph or, yeah. or opening up something new. So like it feels good because I one of the things I'm most proud of 
in my life that on Saturday will tip to the other side of 40 is the amazing people that I have, including you, Nicholas, mm. in my life that I've got to experience and see, you know, you know, none of you, maybe one of you who watched this at some point, maybe you never saw Sheree Larson sing in Vegas, but you'll get to see her sing on Saturday. Well, I'm definitely going to be there. Nice. Like if it was like, I get where you're saying about like, I was dealing with the struggle of the like, oh my God, I haven't done this in years that I'm, I'm like, I'll face that challenge and fall on my face. If it was like, my life is term tumultuous and emotionally I'm dealing with stuff. This is like literally the last three, two days, three days have been almost nonstop acid reflux. And like I right now, it feel like I am on the verge of barfing like <laughs> constantly. And I'm like, no singing. No, cannot. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit different for me. But uh, like I said, if this you called me out and I want to honor that. And so now publicly, if you want me to, I will do a belated birthday <laughs> present of the song that I was going to do. I would um, love that. Also, Faye was really excited about doing one, too. And she doesn't feel like she can quite get it ready in time. So we'll both give you one late. OK. Yeah. I have another friend who literally. Oh, no, she's out of surgery now. But today she's having trachea surgery. So this is a <laughs> former opera singer that I recently. Acceptable like, excuse. <laughs> uh, she's like, well, so you, she has to have regular trachea surgeries or treatments and things uh, to just breathe and continue being alive. Uh, and I'm like, I have not been there there, but I have definitely had like mold poisoning and illness like steal my ability to sing uh one of the reasons why i took the break that i thought was going to be a year and turned into six was that like six months of stepping up on stages and singing i felt like somebody was literally strangling me mm -hmm. like for the whole thing i could not explain it i could not i couldn't even hear it in the recordings like I could feel the tension and pain, but I didn't know why it was there. And so I kept gone? pushing through that. It's gone now. I kept pushing through that. And then I got that balance disorder from flying to Austin and back. And so playing guitar became excruciating. And I'm like, that's, that's all of it. That is the whole, that is all of the performing. No, it all hurts. The, like if I can't move and play guitar without feeling like I'm going to crash on the floor and somebody's strangling me, maybe I should take a break. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's I'm tired. <laughs> so, so I did. Uh, I'm very, very impressed and proud of you. And I, I have so much respect for you in so many ways challenging yourself to make this birthday awesome that this is like first of all it's a big transition mm -hmm. um you're you're reaching out asking for what you what's really inspiring and scary for you and you're using this as an opportunity to step back into something that's such a huge part of who you are um yeah talk about a magical fucking ritual like <laughs> this sounds like it's gonna be huge and yeah. um so so let's talk for anybody who's watching or listening 
if there is anybody at any point. Um, when is it happening? What are the details? So it's Saturday. This Saturday, July 25th, 4 p.m. It's going to stream on facebook.com slash Adrienne Gunn. And if you go to my personal page or my public page, there are links to join in Zoom. So here's the full. We're going to put on a show. And then at the end of the show, this is also super awesome. One of the local restaurants have been posting their German chocolate cake. And I was like, that's amazing. Would you be willing to put bacon in that for my birthday? And they said, well, fuck yes, we would. I love you so much, Adrienne. <laughs> so, I really do. So I we're going to have cake delivered. There's a, there's a secret code for those of us. At the end of the show, I'm going to have German chocolate bacon cake. And then uh, later, I'm streaming with a, a group of friends, kind of that same Zoom. We're going to, like, have burgers and watch a movie. I, I haven't picked it yet. I haven't picked the movie. But I'm leaning towards Adventures in Babysitting or Galaxy Quest. Oh, Lord. Both great movies. You know what freaks me out about Adventures in Babysitting? Um, oh, no. See, I told you words. My brain stops working. I can't remember people's names. Elizabeth Shue? Um What? No, the, the guy who plays, th- who they think is Thor. Remember yeah. the, the, the yeah. mechanic? That is the guy from is Men that- in Black. Aaron. He, he's the guy from Men in Black who, who gets eaten by the bug and then he wears him as his skin. And he's, he's an Edgar suit. Um, he's also, uh, the, he plays, um, uh, Fink, um, Wilson Fink in Daredevil, um, Kingpin, who is utterly terrifying in that role. One of the best villains that I've ever seen in a comic book, whatever, um, uh, He's so good in, and he's so like real, like nuanced. And um, oh my god, Vincent D'Onofrio! Vincent D'Onofrio plays Thor? Thor in Adventures in Babysitting. He's so young, but I told, I like when I saw that, I was like, "Are you what? <laughs> yeah, what? That's Isn't crazy. that nuts? Oh my gosh." Yeah, and he's terrifying as, as Wilson Fisk. I think it's Fisk. Oh, yeah, Fisk, yeah. Oh. Yes, that role is one of... I mean, he's such a good actor. He's been in so many different things. He's one of those guys that just disappears in the role. And yeah. I mean, as evidenced by... You were Thor in Adventures of Babysitting? Yeah. And and Edgar in uh, Men in Black, like... Oh. He's uh, he's such a good sport. I heard an interview with one of the all-time great makeup and movie special effects artists mm-hmm. whose name escapes me right now because everyone's name escapes me right now. Um, and uh, it was a long extended interview where he talked about all the different things that he'd done. And he told a story about working with him. And he said, most actors are real prissy about stuff that makes them uncomfortable, especially if you got to wear it for 12 hours while you're filming and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said when he worked with, uh, with Vincent D'Onofrio as that character in Men in Black, he was like, um, 
okay, we're gonna we're gonna like glue your eyes up like this. And he's like, Can you do it more? And he's like, <laughs> just uncomfortable. And he's like, Yeah, but it's funnier if they're they're farther up. And he's like, Vincent D'Onofrio is one of the most enjoyable. He was so game to yeah. just go with whatever you were going to do. I remember that story. It stood out to me as one of the things that just made me go. Vincent D'Onofrio is a is an unsung Hollywood hero, I think. Um, Amazing. So, Galaxy Quest, did you see the documentary? I did. Oh, I went so... to the premiere of it, actually. Oh? Yeah, so good. I talked to you about it. Oh. We, didn't. we didn't talk about it. I didn't even know. You, I didn't even know you knew. It was just so fun to sit in a room with other geeks. I don't get that experience very often. Mm. I get the experience of really talented people transforming a room into a collective. But again, that doesn't happen a lot because not everybody's trained in the ability to like curate a show that creates a sense of common shared humanity so that we mm-hmm. all feel, but like just to hear the tiny squeals around me of the people there about different aspects of galaxy. Fuck. It's such a good movie. It is an amazing movie. It, it, it nails it on so many different levels. Um, yeah, it's, it's a perfect, it's a perfect movie. Um, <laughs> They've been threatening for a while to potentially do a TV series. I did hear about that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm always cautious about that kind of thing because it's it can go well and it can go so badly. And then you can just be like, oh, you tainted it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that movie is so perfect. So good. I, I mean, I, everything down to Sam Rockwell. As, I know. <laughs> do, I think, you have a name. Do I? Do I? <laughs> Guy. Guy is your name. Sam Rockwell. I did watch a movie actually last week or like recent with. Yeah. One of the movies I watched has Sam Rockwell in it. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but um, Kira Knightley plays a. Uh, young adult who just kind of doesn't want to grow up in the same way that her friends are. So she starts hanging out with this 16-year-old and Sam Rockwell is the 16-year-old's father. It's, it's something on Netflix that came up recently. Mm. It's kind of, it's fun. It was like a quick, quickly imbibed thing. Kira Knightley doing an American accent, which feels weird. Does she do all right with it? Yeah. Okay. She seemed I like Kira Knightley. She... Um, <laughs> what? She seemed apathetic and Peter Pan like hmm. in her character and her accent. So <laughs> I like Kira Knightley. She strikes me as someone who is very um uh she has good boundaries. Like I've heard her in interviews and she is like very clear about what kind of roles she'll take and what kind she doesn't. And um I respect that. I think yeah. it's not just about interesting things. Like she has a perspective on like the sexualization of women in film. And um, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, it's funny. She, God, what was the other Keira Knightley movie I saw recently? There's, so there's this French author who wrote underneath She's very famous. She wrote underneath her husband 
or like ghost wrote for her husband. Yeah, I heard about this. It looked fucking great. Was it good? It is good. And then my friend, and I'm sorry, this is somebody who's like, like revolutionary. It's the, it's like France's version of Marilyn Monroe. So this is like culturally somebody really, really important. And I don't know this person's name because I've, I've seen the stuff when they started showing some of the images that are of this woman and everybody's getting the same fucking haircut based on this woman in this uh, book she wrote that became a play. Big deal. I've seen it, but I, I don't, as a young person, I didn't pay attention to like girly floofy seeming things. But then I like looked at what the person did and I was like, Oh yeah, that person's like, it's an interesting casting for, for Kira Knightley to be playing her because the other person was more sexual. Mm. I'm just going to say. That's why that's one of the things that I I will say about her is her career is not predictable. Like she's done a lot of stuff that I'm like, Ooh, that's interesting. And there's a movie that's been on my list of to watch for a while that Mm. I'm going to, I will publicly say now. So I have to actually finally watch it. Um, It's uh, it's called a dangerous method. Have you heard of it? No, I have. So it's Kira Knightley, and I want to say, um, nope. I told you, brains are gone. I, uh, Viggo Mortensen, I think, yeah. and um, who played Professor X in the new X Men movies? Ooh. Not Ian McKellen, the other one. That is not Michael Fassbender. Okay. Good. Colette. Good, good boy. Oh, Colette is the uh, is the yeah. the French uh, Marilyn Monroe you were thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. So a dangerous method is a story about Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung to get based on a true story uh-huh. about them uh, basically discovering a patient who's a masochist. Uh-huh. And uh, I think they both start having an affair with her. And the masochist is Kira Knightley. What? And I haven't seen it. And I think, I know, I know. You, you'd like, what? Like, how could you not see this movie? Yeah. Uh, I think it's because I have this very frustrating part of myself that I need to probably deal with. And now I'm calling myself out on it. That is sort of like when something seems too good, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know. Or, and it's not, it's not even like, because that one comes out when it's like too popular too. Like if it's too popular, then I'm not. Like um, uh, Breaking Bad was one of those ones where I was like, I don't want to watch it because everybody likes it. And, um, <laughs> and it's so pretentious and stupid I, it doesn't work because I miss out on good stuff. But I, you know what I think actually with a dangerous method? I think it feels a little like homework mm. because it's so much like and I, and I, I think maybe there's a part of me that's worried that they're gonna, it's going to suck or I'm not going to agree with the way they portray it or whatever. But I like this. This was actually one of the points I was going to make about Kira Knightley is she does not intentionally go out of her way to sexualize herself. So to choose to do a role like that, yeah. where she's literally begging to get spanked is like, um, uh, 
there has to be something in there that she respects about the story, you know? Deeper and deeper we jump into like this <laughs> this pattern of not watching things that other people like is so strong that you have not seen a movie where Freud and Young spank Kieran Knight. Knightley, right? What's wrong with me? I know. <laughs> I know. It's been on my list for probably a year. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, that's, uh, it's like, it's up higher in my uh, list of things to watch, I suppose. Okay. I don't, do I want to watch her get spanked? What I loved not knowing she would be in is, I think it's, um, it's one of the, I think it's just called Arthur. It's one, it's a King Arthur story. And it's one of the ones that actually showed come out recently? Long time ago. Oh no. Okay. At least 10 years ago. And Kira Knightley is a warrior in, I don't know if she's Druid. She's a warrior in one of the different, um, it's not clans, but tribes that exist in. Yeah, I know what one you're talking about. And she's all bow huntery and stuff. Um, yeah. Was that, Arth- was that the Arthurian legend or was that Robin Hood? No, it's like, it's like either it's King Arthur or it's just Arthur or Arthur the King or something like that. I think I know what, when you're talking about, I never saw it. Was it good though? I liked it. It's the idea of like, it's like Arthur before he's a big fucking deal. And he's traveling with this just small band of other fighters. And they're, I mean, this is before, I think they're fighting Vikings in it too. Vikings and Romans. I don't know if I'm combining a bunch of movies, but. She was awesome in that. Hey, I nailed it. It's ah. Michael Fassbender and Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> ah! <laughs> David Cronenberg directed it. All right. I, I have to do this now. <laughs> it actually doesn't have great reviews, though. Well, fuck it. They, maybe they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, here's your, your opportunity to practice our technique. Yeah. Of finding a way to drop in and say yes to whatever happens. Do you and then allow want it to me to watch it first and then tell you if it's worth your time? Meh. Let's both practice. Okay. <laughs> I'm Dang. trying to see if I can find that Arthur thing for you. Uh, it's called King Arthur. Oh, she plays Guinevere. Badass bow firing Guinevere. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty rad. It's cool. It's the first time that I, you know, conceptualized that there were actually people in the UK that were in tribes and living off the land. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what everybody was talking about with the whole pagan thing. Right. Like, they gestured at it, but I'd never seen it in uh, a visual form at that point. Heard all the stories of the your fighting s- clan. Your sound cut out for a second there, at least for me. Did it? Well, shoot. Maybe it didn't cut out for everybody. So, but yeah, that was the first time I ever just saw, like, pre, pre what we think of as you know the UK. Well, they were all savages, and we had to enlighten them with the ways of the cross. <laughs> uh, well, on that uh, enlightened note, I think I'm. I think I'm about. I need a couple minutes before my next call. Do it. So uh, this was good. This was fun. I like hanging out with you. I always like hanging out with you. So Saturday at four, I will be there. And probably my whole family will be there watching. So um, 
you're definitely going to have some of some of an audience. Rock I'm on. super excited. I, I'm so, like I said, I'm so proud of you for for taking on this and making your birthday. I'll I'll, I'll leave you with this. Uh, when you were talking about you, you, birthdays not being your thing, I don't remember which one it was. It's like ten. 11, 12, 13, something like that. I don't remember. It's one of those birthdays. It was the first birthday that I woke up and I was super depressed. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first time I'd ever felt depression. And I was really aware of it. I was like, I'm supposed to be happy. It's my birthday. What's yeah. going on? And it felt like all this weird pressure to like make it special and make it fun and important. And for a long time after that, I hated birthdays. Mm. And I was just like, I don't like birthdays. I don't celebrate them. It's not a big thing to me. I don't care. Um, But, you know, I think those types of things, like anything, are what you make them. And if you make an intention to make it something magical and powerful and important and fun, um, and for some people, like you and me, I think one of the ways to make it fun is to make it magical and special totally um and that definitely seems like what you're doing here so my hat goes off to you i think that's the third time i've said that in this podcast well i think it's i'm not even wearing a hat i think you you're saying the hat thing because you really was you were curious whether you wanted to wear a hat today yeah yeah this this is some this is some covid hair i i uh i shaved it a while ago and now it's just growing. And I was like, oh, whatever. The hair the hair places are open. I can just go get one when I need one. And now they're not. And I can't. So <laughs> I don't really want to shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got to go. All right. All right. See okay. you later. TV Bye. Friends. Bye. Okay. <laughs>